0: Down the street with my sack of tricks. No one ever guessed it's my bag of dicks. It's the podcast. Yeah, it's the podcast. I said, I'm walking down the street with my sack of tricks. No one ever guessed it's my bag of dicks. It's the podcast. Motherfucking podcast. Hello and
1: welcome to the podcast. Today is Sunday, December 26, 2021. This is episode 32 with Cosmic Perspective. I'm your host, Finn. Find these episodes over on TerraSpaces.org. Joining us from Cosmic Perspective, we have Mary Liz Bender. How's it going, Mary Liz? Hey, it's great. Thanks so much for having me. Excellent. Good to have you. And also, congratulations. I just saw that you guys were on one of the One Planet NFT's finalists. Uh, the Woo! So That's awesome. Good. Voting, I believe, starts today.
2: It does. Yes. In just a few hours, the polls are going to be open. I am so honored because to be honest, they had, I think it was 71 submissions for their landing contest and they were all amazing. And the 12 finalists are outstanding. So we're in the running with some really great people and it's just a testament to how great I think this platform is going to be and this growth of NFTs on Terra. So huge honor.
1: Is this your first NFT project?
2: No, it's not. Um, it is the first like official collection that's gamified that has utility, okay. which has been really really exciting to design. But we've done one of ones for um, a little less than a year. But we've been we've oh, been cool. pumping out some one of ones on on Foundation, and we're just eager to have an excuse to move over to Terra. So um, when uh, my friend Kevin Russell, who we both know, yes. <laughs> He he's been talking to me about it for so long, and then introduced us to One Planet, and we've just been really outstanding by the platform, what we've seen, um, and you know the team is incredible. Got to meet them in Miami; they're wonderful. Uh, so I, I couldn't be more excited about this.
1: Was the previous platform was that an ETH based blockchain, or what? What was the the blockchain? Yes. Oh, okay.
2: Yeah, yeah, Ethereum. So, so that- Foundation is kind of like a. You know, it's it's almost, it's kind of exclusive, honestly, which doesn't really fit our vibe too much. Um, and it's very, very expensive. There are two gas fees per mint, per like NFT. Not just place. one overpriced gas no.
1: fee, but two. That is exclusive. <laughs> Goodness. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So of course we were minting a lot in the beginning, you know, like in the spring of last year and then. As time went on, we started (laughs) minting a little bit less because it just became totally obnoxious. And and then we, of course, had some moral dilemma with continuing to grow on Ethereum and felt like it was time to finally move. So the timing with One Planet launching and us deciding to move on, um, I think, just matched up perfectly.
1: Yeah, that's that's excellent. You you definitely got in here at the right time. You missed (laughs) one hell of a shit show. Pardon my French, but. (laughs) It, you're you're getting in at like primo time we're having luart about to launch one planet about to mm-hmm. launch and really giving these The initial first movers, Nowhere and Random Earth, uh, like giving them a little run for their money, I think, which is good because it seems like and I don't I don't want to trash anybody's uh, shop or project or anything, but it seems like they've gotten a little stale in in what they're doing. They just kind of make the least amount of effort just to kind of, yes, here's a marketplace, pay us and we'll put your stuff up. But these other Mm. platforms are like interacting and they're helping actually build the communities rather than just taking money from them, you know, to provide. A service, wow. <laughs> so it's really cool to see that, and I'm I'm really glad that you're getting in it now because the experience you're going to have is going to be way better than than like two months ago.
2: Oh, I'm sorry to hear that that happened. It yeah, I I happened. Yeah. missed it. But I I have to say, like, um, it's really really exciting to see just just to be involved. You know, I'm I've, I've been into crypto for literally only for about a year because. Um, we were actually onboarded by our own community. So, you know, we co-founded my, my partner, Ryan and I co-founded cosmic perspective in 2018 at the beginning of the year. And, um, over time we've grown this incredible community of space enthusiasts, leaders, experts, like, you know, just incredible people that support us and they've been supporting us on Patreon. So we've been this community-based entity for a long time, but it was our community, a few of our members that reached out and said, please help me (laughs) support you with crypto and get rid of this middleman situation. Oh, that's awesome. And yeah, so about a year ago, they educated us on NFTs. They're like, you're going to hear about this thing called NFTs. (laughs) (laughs)
1: It's going to be huge, trust me. (laughs)
2: Yeah. So I guess I'm just kind of reflecting back now that we're at the end of the year over the past year and how much that all changed our lives and how much that has grown our community. And, you know, like we're now in the process of wanting to merge the crypto and the space communities in a very meaningful way. Um, And I'm just feeling really grateful because I feel like at each stage someone kind of held my hand and was like, come, let me show you. There's this whole world out here that you need to be a part of. And now I want to pay that forward. And so I'm really, really grateful to One Planet. Those guys have been so amazing. Kevin Russell has been so amazing in holding our hands, guiding us through this process and probably will for a little bit of time until we (laughs) launch. But um, then what we're hoping to do is if our if our collection is super successful, of course, we are definitely working on an endowment fund where not only do we hope to promote some local steam organizations, but we really want to create a fund that then is set aside for new artists. So onboarding new artists to Tara. And um, I'm currently working on like some onboarding guides, you know, for artists, you know, cause it's, it's um for example, my friend Cyan Proctor, Dr. Proctor is, Uh, you may have heard of her. She is an astronaut who just returned from space. She was on the Inspiration4 mission with SpaceX, orbited the planet for three days and came back home. had this epic experience, but she actually took NFTs with her uh, to space and she's uh, a new artist in this area. And she's also uh, thinking about coming over to Terra and One Planet. And, you know, she and I are both kind of new to this system and we're helping each other out. But Um, the guides that we're coming up with are going to be, I think, invaluable (laughs) to people who go through that process that we kind of painfully went through as we were trying to figure it all out. That's awesome.
1: She was in the overview effect with, with you guys, right? I think that's where her name is familiar to me.
2: Um, yeah, so we talk, I mean, I've had so many... Yeah, you're you're talking about my... Um, the YouTube <laughs> my, thing, yeah. yeah I, that I called... I
1: just got yes. done watching that before this. It was super oh, interesting. Cool. And actually, there was something I wanted to bring up in there. Uh, we could get to that after this, but where Glenn DeVry talks about the democratization mm. of space, and like as soon as he said that, my mind just went to space DAO. Like, we're literally yep, building yep. this stuff in Web3 here, and like... To yeah. be able to merge those, and and not even just space, but like any part of life, really, in society that needs something to do governance, votes, and, and things like that, like you can mm-hmm. apply that to pretty much anything. So that got me really excited mm-hmm. when I heard him say that like space needs to be democratized. I'm like, we're we're doing it. We're building that stuff here. Mm-hmm.
2: No, I I make the parallel all the time that you know I've I've been immersed in this amazing industry of space exploration for so long that sometimes I have to pop outside of it to remember what it's like (laughs) when you're not, you know, immersed in this amazing, um, place, this amazing community where you're inventing things as you go. And, you know, every day, all of us are thinking about that road to Mars, which of course is the title of our collection. Um, we're documenting this journey where humanity is taking its first steps towards Mars and every day of that journey, we're always projecting into the future and thinking, what do we need to do now to design for that future? And the beautiful thing about that is that those lessons that we learn, you know, that, that kind of thought experiment design exercise can always apply to today. So it actually, surprise, <laughs> leads to a better today and a better Earth, a better planet right now. Um, and I feel like. In the crypto world, as I've immersed myself more and more in the community, I'm seeing that it's the same. It's such a parallel. It's like, you know, we have this emerging new economy happening before our eyes. And it's just like when I say that we're about to leap off the planet permanently for the first time. There are many people that are like. Oh, that's not going to happen. Like, yeah, it's actually happening happening. (laughs) right now. (laughs) I've been watching it. I've got a front row seat. I promise you, this is so happening. And it's happening way faster than you think, thanks to, you know, the exponential rate of evolution. And that's the same with the crypto world. And I am just really uh, honored to be in here on what seems like, what feels like the ground floor. And it's the same kind of community vibe and feeling. Like the amount of times I've heard the word the term DAO in the last six months <laughs> has been incredible. It's like everybody everybody wants to create a community oriented uh world. And that's the only way that we're all gonna design something that works for all of us that's inclusive, you know?
1: I love it. I'm just picturing like everybody at NASA on their discord servers, like doing what we all do and just like shit posting and having fun and, and getting work done and stuff like that. Like that, that's amazing.
2: Oh yeah. It's so real. And I mean, we've had a discord for quite a while and we've got a thriving space community. So, um, you know, quick little plug here. Um, anyone who purchases our NFTs gets access to that community, just like, you know, just like our Patreons patrons, um and it's it's just a wonderful place. And I I really, you know, it's just kinda like um the other Discords in space. Like I'm part of so many. <laughs> I'm looking right now at the left side of my screen and I could just scroll on.
1: Oh, it gets <laughs> out of control for, for <laughs> NFTs as I'm sure it does for the different space stuff. That, that's insane. Yeah. I love it.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly I was gonna make the analogy, like the Terra You know, Discord channel is a lot lot like the Everyday Astronaut channel. It's just, it's so much. It's so many people sharing all the time. I love, I I mean, I have to say I love, love, love my community. They're so precious to me. It's tight-knit. And there's a lot of us, but it's, I don't know, it's like, it's really thoughtful and meaningful. We have talks about space philosophy, You know, we do watch parties during um, all of the major launch events. Of course, Starship launches, which is what we focus on because that's right in our backyard. Um, But also, you know, like the James Webb Space Telescope. We were all up at, you know, 7 a.m. on Christmas morning (laughs) watching together. Uh, So, yeah, it's it's a beautiful place.
1: That's super interesting coming from the NFT space and watching how all of these communities they spring up around these projects, but here you guys are with already an established community. You've already got a Patreon. Uh, people want to go to mm-hmm. patreon.com slash cosmic perspective, uh, you can, you can get on board there. Uh, and I find it really interesting that you guys only have the access for the discord to the Patreon subscribers, which I bet builds slightly a, a, a more Tight community because people cross that barrier to entry. It's not just like oh, I click a button and I'm in, and now I'm asking everyone when whitelist or, or something like that. <laughs> like it, we see a lot in these NFT discords. Uh, I, I find that really interesting, and I think that's a super cool way to get a nice jump start into the NFT community. Here, you've already got your following in your community, so now you're going to grow even more by getting all of us Terra Space nerds involved. And like, mm-hmm. I think that's super awesome.
2: Yeah, and I hope it's a symbiotic relationship that goes both ways, which I think it will be. For example, I'm working on onboarding my community to Terra now, like <laughs> educating them on NFTs and and all of that for the ones that haven't yet come over. Um, and I I hope to show them this beautiful community that I've discovered over here. And it, yeah, it, it's all it's all going to be incredible once these two worlds merge um they belong together um but but that's that um evolution of our patreon to discord that whole journey that we did was very organic you know it was like okay um we were kind of reworking our business model because we started off ryan and i as cinematographers i'm a musician you know we were just following our following our love. We were chasing rockets around the country, right? Placing cameras at the launch pads. I was interviewing astronauts. I still do, you know, constantly. But it was just like a a passion, a love. And we were you know, just artists through and through, just kind of doing that thing without really thinking about the business side of it. Were you living like
1: van life and living out of, out of cars and stuff, or did you have day jobs Uh that you had to go back to, or was this like your thing 24 seven?
2: Yes, yes, yes. That's awesome. So, so what's super cool is that, um, back in 2016, I was a touring musician, but I was, I was actually, um, Supporting myself as a programmer. So that's my past life. And it was during my big tour in 2016. This was four and a half years into touring as a musician, like almost four and a half years straight. And um, so I had already had this love of traveling the country, you know, building community everywhere I went. That was, that's still what I love to do most. And I discovered my love for space. Uh, through understanding about the overview effect, this transformational thing that happens to astronauts when they go to space and they come back to our planet. So I was infatuated with that and I decided I'm going to take off. I'm going to sell my house, all my possessions (laughs) and I'm going to take space on tour. And I don't even know what that means, but I want to do it. And so, um, Coincidentally, at that time, my lead singer was kind of over the whole, like, grind of touring for years straight. So it it all kind of lined up. I went to Florida to start my career working for Bill Nye, the science guy. No way. Uh, You worked
1: for Bill Nye, the science guy. That is so cool. I did.
2: That was my first job in space after um, being a programmer. So I, I cut my salary by 75 <laughs> percent but i was so happy i'd never been happier you know just doing the thing that i loved and it was with bill and buzz aldrin right on my right when i experienced my first ever rocket launch in florida and i died i mean it was just the most awe-inspiring experience like in of the my rocket life
1: What's it, that? In, no.
2: Just I watching was, it launch. I was launch. watching. In per, yeah, you okay. would think so with Bill and Buzz, but no, we That's were just epic. standing on a balcony. And it was, um, God, what I what I would give to fly on a Falcon Heavy. It was the first Falcon Heavy launch oh, man. that shot Elon's Roadster in his face.
1: Oh, that is um, history. That's historic. Uh, I bet you yes. felt that too from those engines, like just being there. That's, oh, yeah. wow, what an experience. Oh, yeah.
2: Always. Yeah. So what happened then is that just like two months later, I met Ryan, my partner. And here's the crazy thing. <laughs> I'm sitting at a table talking to all these space reporters and I'm new to the, the mix and they're all asking about me. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I, you know, I live in a camper. I call it my mobile observatory, um, taking space on tour, you know, just traveling around the world. Chasing rockets, whatever. That's what I decided I'm going to do. And all of a sudden, this guy pops out from the other side of the table. And he's like, "Um, I, too, live in a truck camper. It's called Voyager 3. What? I call it the dark. Yeah, he's like, it's my dark sky research vehicle. And I'm like, what <laughs> is this guy? Who is this? And, yeah, the rest is history. We immediately, we fell in love. This was 2018 and we started, I sold my camper. I got into his truck camper. He had a beautiful, still, we have a beautiful medium sized like Australian shepherd, collie mixed dog. And we chased rockets all around the country. And it's just the most epic, beautiful life, you know? So that's what we were doing. We were just chasing our love for each other for this beautiful era of space exploration. And then, um, you know, after a year, we were trying to think, like, how are we going to sustain this? So, you know, we did a few things. We did a Kickstarter. We built a community there. Um, we did a a series of touring shows all across the U.S. So we would stop at, like, Burning Man was our first show. Of <laughs> course. Nice. We stopped. Yes. Yeah. And we went to all of these cities along the way from, you know, Reno, Nevada, all the way back down uh, up the eastern seaboard, down the eastern seaboard, all the way down to Florida to stay there for a while and document launches. Um, but, you know, we've we've picked up this amazing community all along the way. And then finally, I was able to, with the support of Patreon members, leave my job working for good old bill. I love working for for Bill, but it was time for me to focus on this. Um, so we've been full time for a couple of years now, uh, at least um, just, just working on our films, which is our focus. So, um, we have a pretty, pretty good YouTube following at this point. I think it's a little over 60,000 or something like that. Um, and we've built up a great Twitter following, but we just found that when we went to set up our Patreon, one of the options was allowed discord access, right? As a perk. And so that was just kind of inorganic, like, Oh, well, that seems like a good idea. And now we're realizing that it has really helped build a community that's invested in us, literally and figuratively. Um, These people are there because they really, really want to be there. And that shows in the conversations.
1: And I I think, too, I mean, we had a lot of this before, like, all of this pandemic stuff started happening. But I feel like when people stopped going out so much, like they really gravitated towards these online communities. And I think Discord, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, was the one that mainly gets used. I mean, obviously, Telegram and everything is there and people use it. But I feel like for the true communities, like where people are actually like, they would consider each other friends and, and stuff, not just like acquaintances or something like that. It's it's in mm-hmm. Discord. And, and that's where it's happening every day. It, it's it's really awesome to see because it's, it's sparked a lot of, I feel like different projects that maybe never would have gotten started otherwise. I mean, it, it's hard to tell, you never know mm-hmm. what the outcome would be otherwise, but you know, it's, it, it's gotten so big and, and grown and it's definitely like an integral part of, of the Terra ecosystem as I'm sure it is others.
2: Yeah, for sure. And I've, I have led other communities and continue to um, and we've tried everything from the beginning of lockdown, you know, I've been doing, um, with Frank White, the author of The Overview Effect, we have this amazing community of astronauts and space philosophers and industry leaders, and we have philosophical discussions every single week <laughs> since the beginning of lockdown. It's um, it's called The Overview Roundtable. And so we do those on Zoom, and then we had like a Mighty Networks, you know, social media kind of um situation and then we realized it just it was too much it was like there were too many options yeah it it, you know and then only recently have we all finally decided god we just need to move this to discord it's just where everybody has ended up it's cool too because
1: we've had some projects actually one that I, i really comes to mind uh with the 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 lunar assistant from gravidow uh, they make these bots that integrate to the Discord servers for Terra stuff specifically, which allows the admins to do mm-hmm. things like whitelist and and make channels only for certain people yeah. that are holding uh, NFTs and stuff like that. I thought that was really cool because you don't generally see people making bots that niche. You know, like, usually it's like, cool, yeah. here's a Discord bot that, like, plays music and does all that shit. But, like, mm-hmm. these were, like, very specific. Really cool tech.
2: Yeah, it's just going to strengthen the the um, (laughs) stability of this platform for sure. Can I ask
1: your story reminds me a lot of the hitchhiker's guide where the two (gasps) are at the party and he's like, Hey babe, I got a spaceship. You want to see that? You know, like that's when you met him with the, with the truck and he's like, I live in a van too. Like that's first thing that came to my mind was hitchhiker's guide in that scene where it's like, you want to get out of here?
2: (laughs) That's my favorite book slash radio series, slash everything oh, of so all good. time. I am the biggest, I will say, I think I'm the biggest Douglas Adams fan, but there is one person who rivals me. And I'll just tell you this. When I was, when I first started covering SpaceX rocket launches, and I've covered all of the the launches, right? So I kind of know the, the way things typically go, the protocol, you know, yeah. the the press room meeting times they're all variable it's very different but spacex kept doing this thing where all of our press calls would be at like twelve forty-two, and then you know elon would come in the room and he would be in there for exactly 42 minutes oh so like, funny it was all this the launch i remember um the first launch that ryan and i worked together was crs 15 And I remember clearly they had set the launch time as at 542.42. So they like literally (laughs) set it as as close to 42 as they could. And I was like, you guys, you know, to all the press and the the rocket launch photographers, we're all really, really good friends, by the way. It's like 20 of us, you know. Nice. And I'm like, you guys, um, there's a pattern here. I am sure, I'm sure that Elon... Like it's not just me. I'm not just finding 42s everywhere. Right, right. Elon must be a huge fan. And then I started to do some research. And in the beginning, um, before we decided to just focus on our films, Ryan and I did a podcast for a little bit called "Consider the Cosmos." And I did I did an episode, um, which was the 42nd anniversary of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, um, where I I go through Elon's design principles which are all based on douglas adams and his philosophy hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy he is a huge fan oh
1: that's i have so come good. to find
2: out <laughs> so i'm really happy to hear you say that i'm a freak about it <laughs>
1: So you mentioned relocating for, for your job, but what I don't think you mentioned was that you actually moved to the base. I know a lot of people move for work, but that's Mm -hmm. kind of, that's awesome. Like you, you moved right to Mm -hmm. ground zero.
2: Oh yeah. So here's the story. Um, we've been doing this together since 2018. And for a couple of years, we were just like, we were chasing rockets all around the country. Um, it just so happened that we were never missing one. We would go to Wallops Island in Virginia, and then we'd shoot over to California all the way across the country. We'd do some shows on the way. Uh, we would we would watch a launch in Vandenberg, place the cameras at the pad. Then we'd come all the way back to Florida, Cape Canaveral. We'd document those launches. Then in uh, 2020, we're very, very lucky right before the pandemic began in December that year, we, uh, we placed roots in Cape Canaveral next to those launch pads because we knew that SpaceX had returned the ability to send humans to space to the U S and we had to be there to document every step of the way. So we did, we were there in Cape Canaveral for exactly a year, almost exactly a year. And in Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving of 2020, we went to what is now called Starbase and was at the time called just, um, you know, it's still Boca Chica. Um, but we went to South Padre Island to film the launch of SN8, which is Starship's first ever high altitude prototype. And we were there from Thanksgiving to Christmas, just waiting. We were at a campground where we had a view across the water of Starship. Um, the first day we were there, we just, camped on the actual beach, Starbase Beach because it's a public beach. Um and woke up to Starship out the window while we were drinking coffee and we, we were just like in love. And you know, at this time we had documented over 100 rocket launches. And so we've experienced every rocket, you know, every distance, every variety. But when we saw SN8 go up and we were immersed in like the SpaceX crowd where the employees were with their families and the public was with their families, um, it was a different energy, you know, because in Cape Canaveral, it's a military base. It's very strict. Um, People have been seeing launches their whole life, which is so weird to think about that you can normalize to something like that. Uh, But they were. They were kind of normalized. And. Here in South Padre Island, where you know we're with all of the SpaceX employees, which are all locals from that area, which used to be the poorest area in our country for years and years straight. Now these people are building the future. They're so excited. And I mean, the energy was just palpable. And when we saw starship s and eight go up, and we had no idea what to expect, because, you know, starship is totally reinventing all of rocket science all of engineering and when it it returns because of course it's a fully reusable rocket when it returns and it does its belly flop maneuver and it turns off its engines and it just silently falls like a like physics
1: breaking in in your mind when you see that i bet that's that's so crazy to
2: watch It was so incredible. We were screaming. You can hear me in like every single Starship <laughs> video, screaming and weeping. I'm that annoying lady that's just like, ah. I mean, but we were all flipping out. And I remember the day after SN8 made that successful launch and explosive landing, I sat on the rocks overlooking the water. We were staring at uh, Starship together. And I said to Ryan, you know, I know we just missed two rocket launches in Cape Canaveral. That was the first time we'd ever missed a launch. And I said, ah, I didn't miss it. And he's like, oh my God, I Worth didn't it. either. <laughs> I mean, I, th- I think we need to be here. So we went home. This is a cool story. We went back to Cape Canaveral. We packed up the apartment as much as we could. But I I actually was selected to do a Mars simulation mission on top of a volcano. <laughs> what?
1: That is yes. so cool.
2: Yes. So um, I actually went and and my friend Hillary and I went together to do like a, an art psychological design research uh, project. And she she's actually one who's helped to design Starship, to design a lot of things in Starbase. She was the design director at SpaceX for three and a half years. And so I got to spend some time with her and in the habitat (laughs) and then we explored mars together and then ryan moved us from cape canaveral to starbase and when i got out of mars you know after a whole month i didn't return to cape canaveral i went straight to texas and i walked into our new beautiful home and i've never gone back (laughs) except to watch my friend cyan launch to space um and i haven't missed it i mean i there's nothing more exciting than living close to the action and specifically close to where Starship is being developed because it's just different. Um, I keep trying to tell people, like, to be there this early in the process, yeah. it's like it's like if NASA were to invite us to come document the... Building of the lunar lander, right? You know? Yeah,
1: yeah. Like getting right there before it's all built up and what we know of, of it now. That's wow.
2: Yes, yes. Early and adopter, then, go you! <laughs> I know, I know. Well, you know, it's just it's like the the early crypto adopters. It's like you're just chasing what you love and and you're rewarded for that, right? Um, like there's this amazing documentary. I don't know if you've seen called Apollo Eleven. It, it's um, made from all just archival footage. Oh yeah. So they had that it, on
1: Netflix a while back, I think, or it might still yeah. be on there.
2: I hope so. It is so beautiful. And I realize every day when we go out to Starbase, which is almost every day, we, Ryan loves to film all the construction and anything that goes on, which is almost constantly um, because, you know, they work all day and all night. They have shifts that go, uh, 24 seven, which is how they're able to do these things so quickly. Um, but you know, he'll go out there and film starship at sunrise and he'll film at sunset and we watch the workers come in and then we compare the footage from today to the footage from a year ago. And we're like, Oh my God, the horizon has totally shifted. Like every day we sit there and we think about what it's going to be like in 20 years to look back on this footage on this time you know it's like the most special moment when we designed how it was going to happen
1: <laughs> yeah, you're literally yeah. there documenting for a time capsule basically like that's so cool mm-hmm.
2: yeah and that's that's funny i i play with the word time capsule a lot um so our our one planet nft collection it's called the road to mars archive Um, we're calling the mystery box, you know, most people would say it's like a mystery box because when you go to mint, you don't know what you're going to get until you do. Um, and we call them mystery time capsules because they're, you know, they're a piece of history that you're collecting, right? And every single piece is, is essential to the road to Mars. Um, but I just, I think it, it adds more weight and meaning when you think of it as a time capsule. That sounds
1: way better than candy machine, I'll tell you that.
2: <laughs> candy machine, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: That's I awesome. Mean, that's we we haven't really even different. talked about your your NFT project a whole lot. You guys are on the one planet thing. Voting's going to start here soon. Uh what mm-hmm. what are what are some uh, insights about that? Like how was it creating the NFTs on Terra and working with the smart contract devs and all that?
2: oh my gosh, these people are incredible. Um, So for us, it's been such an amazing journey and um, a, a huge learning experience because, you know, as artists and filmmakers, we tend to it's funny cause we're not super creative about like how we share <laughs> all we know is, Oh, well, you know, it's a one of one, right? Um, that's what we kept saying to the one planet team. Like, yeah, we want to create one of ones. <laughs> and they're like, they kept saying, I think you need to think about your project. Like what's your NFT project. And you know, it's, it's hard when you look around and you're like, well, it's not like we can create an identity, like a generator, you know, we couldn't think about, um, how we would do something special until we started thinking in terms of baseball cards like collector right, cards right. right so we started thinking about uh vintage objects that people love to collect and we we're like oh my god remember when you used to buy the collection of books and you know it was three books and you didn't know what you were going to get you know um we were kind of combining that mentality with like poker you know what if I get a royal flush what prize do I get or what if I get a straight what prize is that um and so uh we we came up with a really fun game that makes it not only fun but you know meaningful uh to people that are really invested in this the starship journey uh this road to Mars so um it's been really fun to to come up with something where you know you you get access when you collect to this time capsule it generates a random nft from our collection and when you find out what it is you'll know instantly by the color of the frame or by the name of the category what category it's in and what rarity it has so they have varying rarities and what you're really looking for are the cosmically rare (laughs) like the the true one of ones in the collection um but there are some that may be repeated, right? So uh, we have really fun prizes where if you collect, for example, like so many of the same NFT, which is is hard to do, um, or if you collect, um, you know, like four from a certain category, um, or you get one or two cosmically rare ones, you get these big prizes. So the prizes are the same things that we offer uh, to our patrons, but also go far beyond that. Um, so you get access to our VR films. And so that's something I haven't mentioned. Uh, we film, we have been filming all of the launches in VR for years now. And whenever there's a big event or a launch of Starship, like for example, when the super heavy booster rolls down the street from the production facility all the way to launch pad, we film that in VR and it is so epic. Like. (laughs) You put on your goggles and you look up and you're like, oh, I finally understand. Yeah, it's the tallest, most powerful rocket in history. I get it now. (laughs) Um, So you get access to VR films. Um, There are other prize categories where you can collect a a signed print and you get to choose the print based on what you've collected. So like say you have five NFTs of ours. You can say, I want this one. And so we'll, you know, print it and sign it for you. Uh, there are higher tier prints, like, you know, beautiful metallic wall prints. Um, and, and so is,
1: is the NFT like the rarities tied to like r- in real life rarity? Yeah. Like is OK, is, It like something that they don't do very often that you've captured. Mm-hmm. So, OK, cool. Yes. That's that's really yeah. cool.
2: Yeah. So let me explain that real quick. Um, but just the the really really amazing big thing I, I should have led with this right is uh for the the super rare moments the big prize is that you get to win a an artist led tour of starbase like you get a day at starbase with Ryan and me
1: like virtually or I- IRL
2: IRL what i IRL, come have tacos on Starbase Beach, we'll surf, maybe we'll what? ride horses, oh, Like cool. we'll make a so day cool. of it. Yeah, and we will photograph Starship together. Um, we are going to do Metaverse hangouts as well. Yeah, but, no, I know, um, I want to go
1: there in real life. I, I yeah, Metaverse yeah, yeah, yeah. is cool and all, but I mean, come on.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's something that we're most excited about, and it's not something we do for people people we do this for friends you know like before my friend cyan went to space she came by for her last vacation uh before that trip and she got a tour of starbase with us and it was so epic and that's the kind of thing that we want to give people so this is this is a really cool opportunity the,
1: the friends and family experience
2: yeah exactly yes beautiful yes yeah and it's it's something that you can't describe all i can say is it's worth it. (laughs) And I really am excited to meet new people and bring them into the fold because they'll fall in love. Like we did. I know it. Uh, plus it's just a gorgeous place to vacation. South Padre Island is, is beautiful. Um, do you but just yes.
1: do you just walk around in awe like all day? Yes. that that's yes. so cool. you I just I haven't yes. stopped smiling <laughs> since you've started talking about this stuff. And, like I can just yeah. imagine like living there and just like waking up and going to the bay window and seeing them building your trip off the planet. <laughs> like that's that's epic.
2: No, it's true. I mean, you think about it. like we sit there. of course, it, it's always like this moment of pause, right? It's after you you set up the camera you place it and you're just kind of waiting for the sun to do its beautiful thing. Yeah. And you're like, Holy shit. I live in paradise where we're building the future of humanity. And in 10, the next decade, we're going to start the process of leaping permanently off the planet. Like starships are going to start taking resources to Mars within the decade. And they're going to return NASA astronauts to the moon in just several years. So, Like this is a, this is a huge deal. And we think about it in those quiet moments and are constantly in awe. Um, To answer your question about the rarity and how it was determined. um, So in some ways, like, it's, it's based on real events, but of course, like because of our supply number and our actual, you know, NFT numbers, like some of it's arbitrary, but um, so for example, um, there is only one one instance of sn10 landing right because it exploded right right so that moment of landing is cosmically rare there's a one of one of that wow. that you can collect um sn9 <laughs> same thing sn8 sn9 sn10 sn11 those experiences are so rare those landing moments those launch and landing moments are so rare because they only happen once and they can never happen again. Right. SN fifteen launched and landed and it is cosmically rare because it was their first successful landing. Right. So <laughs> that that's cool. Like the,
1: the rarity is built in reality, but not predetermined. Like it's changing as mm-hmm. this stuff is happening and you're shooting it.
2: Absolutely. Wow. Um so the other cool thing is that, you know, we're filming every single day. Really, the hardest part about building this collection has been going through our massive archive of terabytes. The hard drive terabytes space, terabytes yeah. terabytes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And like, oh my god, where was that? Remember when the moon did this cool thing? You know, um, that's been the hardest part. But that's a good problem to have. At least and the text's gotten
1: better nowadays. I couldn't imagine doing that on eh, like Windows ninety eight or something. You know. Uh,
2: yeah, but I gotta tell you, if someone could make a media browser that works for photo and film and black magic raw files and like all the others and then it worked on mac and windows they would be geniuses they would they would go they would do very well because that's that's been very difficult um so it's it's kind of a process that we designed for ourselves that works really well um however um it's been it's been such a rewarding process and it's also shown us just how much we have in the archive that we can always go back to. But the really cool thing is that stuff is always happening. And so what we did was we designed the collection. So this is just Epic One. This is uh, this, the new Starship era. That's basically chapter one of this Road to Mars story, which will go on and on and on. So the next chapter, the next Epic is uh, orbital. So when starship really soon here is going to start its orbital campaign, we're going to start building up that collection and then we'll drop another collection. Um, and in the meantime, every quarter we're going to, we might even do it more than every quarter. We're kind of feeling that out, but at least every quarter we're going to drop some new NFTs into the collections. We're going to airdrop to some people, you know, just to say thanks for coming in early. Um, but So much is happening all the time that there's just no shortage of, um, you know, time capsules to share with people.
1: Yeah, I I feel that ever since I got involved here and same odd story with good old Kevin bringing us in, onboarding us into this ecosystem, but... I've just been nonstop pretty much just recording and time capsuling these conversations that these developers and these project leads are having and mainly all the ones that they have on Twitter spaces because apparently nobody thought to record those. And Kevin was oh, like, hey, can you come record some of these? Because like we're losing uh, amazing information every day. I was like, how, how are you guys not doing that already? I was like, I got you. Let's let's do it and it's it wow. is it's just like a time capsule of this ecosystem this whole defi web3 movement just getting created you know these are like the beginning times of that just like you're over there documenting the beginning times of of humanity's hopeful trip to mars
2: yes that is so good on you for picking that up and doing it you know it it's really amazing isn't it like you're just following what seems obvious. You're yeah, like, I'm just yeah, the documenter.
1: I'm literally just the recorder. I'm there to record. I'm not there to interfere or anything. What, what's recorded is what goes up and all that. And it is. It's just I sit there in awe sometimes, probably not as often as, as you get to. But when mm-hmm. I hear these guys start talking about these different smart contracts and ways to like move yield and give things back to the communities, I'm just like, wow, mm-hmm. this is what banking should be.
2: Yes. Yes. And then you, so you hear it. And then what, you know, two months later you see something yeah, actually yeah. being implemented, project right? Launches you know, and, yeah. that, that happens to us so often. And it's, you know, it's really cool. Like say what you will about the man, but Elon has been so fun to watch over the years. Um, you know, we've had a front row seat to everything Elon and we get close to him and we talk to him and he shares our stuff on Twitter. You've and met
1: they, him and talked to it, him. That is so cool. <laughs>
2: Oh I'm like yeah. like fanboying yeah. Um, out over
1: here. I'm sorry. That's epic.
2: Oh, yeah. When I first met him, it was like, oh, I know who you are. It just <laughs> hit me. Like, it, you know, because I think everybody's got this weird, like, what is his, what is his, what's his deal? What's his vibe? What's he like? Yeah, I don't, yeah. A lot of people don't understand. They don't get him. But the first time that I was in a room with him and I got to ask him a question, it was at the NASA press room during the DM1. I think it was the DM1 launch, which was, um. The first time before any humans had been launched from SpaceX, it was the test of their capsule, the Crew Dragon capsule launched to the space station by itself. It's an autonomous capsule, right? So it made this lonely journey from Cape Canaveral all the way to the space station. And... You know, then the ISS astronauts tested it out and they were like, yep, it's good. It's ready for humans. (laughs) And that was so, so that launch day, you know, again, it was like 542 in the morning or something. (laughs) Um, I raced to the the press room because I knew he was going to be there. Like, how could he not be there for that moment? And I got to ask him you know, oh my God, what does it feel like to be finally at this stage after so much adversity, you know, after almost losing everything, after all the doubt and all the naysayers, like, how does it feel? And he, like his answer was so moving to me. And apparently it's been used over and over again. His response, his exact recorded response has been used over and over again. And (laughs) In different like trailers, I've seen for awards he's been given. Um, because I remember him being particularly emotional that night, and he just said, Well, you know, I always thought we were gonna fail. I always thought we were gonna fail. (laughs) He had like a 10% chance of reaching orbit. I almost lost all the money. If Falcon, if Falcon would have exploded one more time, we would never have made it. Wow. But he said, But then he paused and he was like, But. It was worth a try anyway.
1: <laughs>
2: and, and I just, like, died laughing. Everybody, you know, died laughing. The NASA administrator was like, how's that for honesty? And then he went on. And he was like, well, you know, I just feel like, you know, we want to be a space-faring civilization. That the future is better if we are. That's what makes me excited about the future. And we don't want science fiction to be science fiction forever. We want it to be real one day. And I just... I got so emotional, but as I was looking at him and I was watching him kind of look at me, kind of through me, you know, he was like, his eyes were darting around. He was squirming around in his chair. He was thinking there were awkward pauses everywhere. (laughs) And I suddenly realized, oh my God, you're like all of my best friends you're a programmer mind. Yeah. You're an engineer. Yeah. You're an engineer. You're also on the spectrum, which I am too. And so I just realized, Oh my God, he has Asperger's and he's a freaking genius. And that's, that's who he is. He's just laser focused on this one goal of getting to Mars. And that's all he cares about. And the, like he screw the rest. Like I don't even care about anything else. And I can so relate to that. So it that's was that what it day takes. That,
1: that's absolutely what it takes to get these kinds of moonshots done, you know.
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So it's been inspiring, you know, to to actually transition to just like you know he lives near where we live. Of yeah, y'all are neighbors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he's always out on the launch pad. By the way, he's he is. He is not what people make of him. You know, he's not the billionaire that's off gallivanting. He's literally every day, like, walking around his, if he's not at a Tesla facility, he's at the Starship launch site asking questions of the engineers, like, the construction workers. Like, everybody on the ground comes up to him. And they're like, hey, boss man, you know, here's the update. And he is so, like, down to earth, and he wants everyone to feel like their chief engineer that's his thing so it's been inspiring um because you know we're also we've been growing our business while documenting all of this and it helps us realize wow we need to bring you know a team into the fold and we need to give them you know power and autonomy and and like it's fun to watch him as a leader and realize what it takes to be a great leader and to create something beautiful
1: will there be a elon nft in the collection
2: Yes. Yes. Um, So (laughs) we have um, a different version of it because obviously we're not, we're not repeating anything. No NFTs that are on Ethereum will be repeated over here. Um, But we have one that's kind of similar. There's an NFT of uh, Elon walking that you can see on foundation today of Elon. It's it's right after Starship SN8, the first high-altitude flight. After that explosion, which was massive, <laughs> it was so cool. Um, the next day, when the road reopened, we went down and, you know, we place our cameras there for the launch. Um, we have a special agreement to do that, which is very, very lucky. Um, we have a great relationship with SpaceX. But um, so the road closes, though, and we can't go to the launch pad until they open it, till it's safe. So once they open it, we go, we collect our cameras, and usually we'll stick around and we'll just film, you know, either it's SN15 landed just standing there with its beautiful flaps out, or it's all the SN8 wreckage, you know, strewn <laughs> about the place. And there was just this incredibly lucky moment where Ryan was standing there with his Black Magic 12K camera um which is actually it belongs to tim dodd the everyday astronaut god they give him credit but he he lets us use it constantly so you know we're there we're standing there and the slow-mo's going high speed's going and all of a sudden he's just filming the wreckage and like the birds flying around and then all of a sudden elon <laughs> walks around the corner and he's looking at the wreckage like a total badass wow and he's he's wearing a bandana Around his mouth, like around his face is like a black and white handkerchief bandana. Um, He's just like, yeah, I
1: did that. That's I did. that. I'll do it again if I have to.
2: (laughs) Yep. It's really epic. That's so good. I I did see that one
1: on your site, I think.
2: Yeah, so that's a, you know, you see the high speed one that that belongs to someone already. Um, But we have some still frames from different shots from that same, you know, day. Um, So there are some Elon ones in there. There may be more. Um, (laughs) We're still we're still going through the archive, you know, in the future as things continue to happen. I don't doubt there will be more, but uh, that, that would be a cosmically rare one. Because that's definitely a super rare moment that will never be repeated.
1: I love, too, that he like he kind of personifies a lot of what goes on in the space here where uh, more times than not, things start out as memes or jokes or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then they they turn into real things. Literally why I'm here doing this right now because of a joke and a meme and like, here we are. And like, (laughs) I feel like he, he does that a lot. And that's, it's a really cool kind of interchange between what's, what's going on in this whole web three movement. And like people just being like, Hey, wouldn't it be funny? Or wouldn't it be cool if so-and-so did this and then somebody does it and then it's funny and cool. And then, you know, it just, it goes on to the next and and on to the next and it just keeps building.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Actually um, (laughs) it reminds me, you know, One day I learned from my friend Hillary when we were in the Mars habitat, I learned how it came about that they they shipped, um, you know, the Hitchhiker's Guide Starman Tesla into space. (laughs) He was just sitting in his office, brought the design team in. Hillary was in there. He's like, all right, what are we going to ship to space? Because I don't want to just put bricks in there. We need a payload. (laughs) Yeah, we need a payload and NASA doesn't want to put any science experiments on there. So, because, you know, it might blow up. Because NASA is like, what should we do? And the whole team's like, uh, you know, he's eventually it came about that he's like, well, I do have like an old Tesla lying around. Yeah, let's just throw
1: this into space.
2: Then Hillary was like, oh, my God, we can have don't panic on the back, you know. And, yeah. and she's she she and her teammate uh, are the ones that compose the selfie camera that took the shot. Oh, you wow. Know? The Tesla flying in space, the planet in the background. It's perfect. Um, but, yeah, it's it happens a lot. And what's really cool being at Starbase is that it's just it's not a military base. Once again, it's like it's a test program right now. So because it's in the early stage and there are no humans involved, you can be a lot more playful. You know, you want to break things because you want to push them to the point of breakage. So you learn how you really need to uh, design it. It's not like the shuttle program. We have got to do way better than that, right? We cannot test with humans involved. Um, So at this stage, though they can be really playful and they will often leave memes on like stickers on the separate engines. And, and, you know, one of us, it's always a, it's a game. It's like SpaceX plays with us and they're like, Hey, put, put an Easter egg on these Raptors and ship them out to the launch site. (laughs) And then we all see which photographer gets it first. Right. And then somebody will tweet it. And then Elon's like, ah, they found it. That's cool. You know? And you know, it goes it goes both ways. So they play with us. We play with them. Keeps it fun. It really does. And and the, the thing I love almost the most is, you know, my, my friend Tim did a whole um, everyday astronaut. He did a whole tour of the interior of Starbase with Elon. And he would suggest things like, hey, have you ever thought about putting the header tanks, you know, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and Elon pauses and he thinks about it. And he's like, hmm. Yeah, that might actually be be a good idea. And then, you know, a few months later, that's what they're implementing. Oh, that's awesome. Um, On Twitter, the 3D artists will design something and they'll say, you know, this is my idea for the interior concept, blah, blah, blah. Or, or, you know, this is my idea about how they'll fit this many Raptors in this way. And lo and behold, Elon will be like, hey, yeah, maybe we'll try that. (laughs) And that'll get implemented. So it's like this... It's a lot like the crypto community, you know, we're all designing it together. It really is a broader community. Um, and it, there's a lot of power in that, you know, so it's fun to just show up and be part of the conversation,
1: show up and move fast and break stuff and then break shit. do yep. it all <laughs> over again. That's cool. Hey, yes. was was the Mars simulation thing was that? like where they lock you in the habitat for a month straight mm-hmm. and you just go about life but in the habitat?
2: Yeah, so the place is called High Seas and it is a it's a a habitat where it's completely sealed. It's a geodesic dome. It's completely self-sustaining. So it runs on solar power um and you know we we have we have really funky ways of, um, recycling water and, um, it, it is a legit research station. Yeah. Okay. I was
1: wondering if that was the one you were, you were at, like that's, if you go out, you have to put the space suit on and all of that to go out and collect samples. Oh, that is so cool. You got to do that. I'm so jealous. Yeah.
2: Yeah, Actually we do have some NFTs coming from that, um, experience. So one thing I didn't so, yeah, I brought my drone, and it really looks like Mars. I mean, we really look like we are navigating the Martian landscape. It is so beautiful. It's the it's um, on top of Volcano Mauna Loa uh, with a view of Mauna Kea on the big island of Hawaii. And we would trek out there in our spacesuits for miles <laughs> into the volcano, the lava tubes, which are wow. similar to the lava tubes we assume we'll find on Mars. Right. And we look at this biochemical life forms and we speculate what we might find on Mars. Um, so it's kind of a, a, a NASA research facility, but it's owned by blue planet research. Um, it's a psychological experiment, you mm-hmm. know, more than I anything. Bet, probably. I bet.
1: Did you do it for fun but, or for science? I mean, science is fun, but like when you went into it, were you like, Oh, this is going to be like a fun vacation kind of trip. Or are you like, I'm going to get some work done here. <laughs>
2: Oh, both. You know, mostly I have been really interested in doing something like this my whole life. Um, I, I personally am really, really intrigued by how we're going to take our humanity to the stars. So while I can't call it science research, just because of the way we've defined these things, uh, for me, it was an art project more than anything. Um, So I went as the crew uh, communications officer slash documentarian, nice. but you know, you, you have to have a crew role. It's kind of like Burning Man. You have to have a crew role yeah, yeah. and then you have to have your own personal contribution. Like what is your personal project? Right. And my personal project, because I'm a musician was that I wanted to, uh, while I was there in confinement, I wanted to Write an album with my music gloves, which is just this really special musical instrument that I plan to take to space someday because they're the perfect instrument for music travel. Um, and so I composed pieces of songs, and then i would I would mail email those. And of course, um, because we had to wait for the trajectory of Mars to line up properly properly with Earth, we couldn't communicate with Earth quickly. You know, it would be, there would it's only just be like a, a, a you were on Mars. You got to
1: catch the window. I, I've seen the documentary exactly. The Martian, oh, uh, and I've also read yeah. the book The Martian.
2: <laughs> yeah, so you so know, good. it's so the good. same. It's the same. I mean, I everything love that they mimic that strict.
1: down to like the the most minute detail.
2: Yes, the only thing in The Martian that really just doesn't fly is the windstorm. There is not. <laughs> there are dust storms, but they the wind is not strong. there's one third the gravity on Mars yeah and no on, atmosphere
1: right on so. our planet
2: yeah, it's not gonna be insanely powerful wind like that um but there is a lot of dust so um so yeah we we simulate it as best we can out there on uh Mauna Loa at high seas and um so I would basically write some tracks and then send them off to a friend on the, on earth. <laughs> and she would add to those tracks and send them back to me. So oh, cool. my whole thing, it was an art project where it was like trying to understand how future humans on Mars will stay connected to humans on planet earth. And I have to tell you, it's hard. Like, even for me, even with just knowing that I would be back in a couple of weeks, um, there's just there's a very disconnecting feeling. You suddenly realize that what really matters, what's really important, are the little things right here in the present, the people that are around you right now. Um, so I think that's going to be super interesting for humans to navigate as we, as we expand um, and and go to other planets. But the great thing is that, you know, like I said, everything Elon does is focused on that road to Mars. So even Starlink, while we think that it's really about, you know, I mean, it, it, it is about providing Internet access to rural
1: Yeah, places it don't get much more rural planet. than Mars, you guys.
2: <laughs> He's going to put right. memes
1: on Mars. I love it.
2: <laughs> and it's definitely like that, that's going to be the system used for Internet on Mars. And it's going to, you know, require a relay satellite. You know, there's going to be a relay from... Starlink on Mars to Starlink on the planet Earth, but that will allow us a more instant connection than we could ever imagine otherwise. So I think that's going to very much help. And then, of course, the reusable starships making flights cheaper and the ability to go back and forth. But it's it's a very complex and very interesting psychological um research (laughs) experiments yeah that's gonna take place (laughs) I
1: love that like we we talk to a lot of nft projects and they come and drop some alpha on us about their project and you just like dropping starlink elon musk alpha on it that that's you're you're so epic
2: (laughs) oh that's that's very sweet I think I'm just a super nerd and I've been living in it for so long I don't even realize what's epic anymore but I do remember oh go ahead well, I was just going to say, I do remember being shocked by that realization one day where I was like, oh, wait a minute. Every single thing he's doing is for Mars. Boring machine. <laughs> boring, The boring company, that's just for creating habitats on Mars. Like you got to bore the tunnels, right? Oh,
1: wow. Um, I didn't even think so, of that. Wow. You're yeah, blowing my solar, mind over here.
2: <laughs> solar power is going to be required. Uh, electric wow. vehicles. He, he's been asked battery by a friend walls. of mine. Prest- I, wow like cyber trucks are going to be the trucks of mars um starlink that was obvious to me from the beginning but a lot of people didn't I see didn't that either. until <laughs> he he does actually I did go back in time and I found the inception of that idea um in Werner Herzog's documentary uh the reveries of a connected world I think it's called um it's about the internet. He, he interviews Elon about Starlink way a long time ago. And, um, he mentions that, uh, that would be used, that would be useful on Mars. Oh, wow. Um, so, so yeah, this has been in his brain for a very, very long time. And I think that's why he's into crypto because he knows like, we're not going to yeah. print, tape, we're not going to print money on Mars. That's just, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, It's ridiculous. What's the system? Yeah. You
1: set up a few so, nodes, a few validators, and voila, you have an economy <laughs> that can run your social, political, economic, like you can literally run mm-hmm. everything on these Discord mm-hmm. terminals.
2: And <laughs> it's crazy. But I it's, love I that think the platform
1: true. we're using for all of this is Discord for gaming. It's just so good. It's so I internet. Know.
2: It's a beautiful thing.
1: Do you remember a while back there was a company and I I can't remember the name. I want to feel like it was Mission to Mars or something, but they wanted to send people to Mars in this crazy time frame and they were going to fund it by doing like a reality show. Do you Mars One. Mar- yes, yes, yes. That's mm-hmm. it. Is there, are they still like around and involved in any mm-hmm. of this? Or did that just kind of dissipate? I haven't heard anything from them like online or anything no, since.
2: that really upset a lot of people in the space community. And that's what you call a rug pull,
1: oh, I believe. Okay. okay, we are familiar yeah. with rug pulls, yeah.
2: Un- unfortunately, those are folks that did not stick around. And
1: oh. I think it was,
2: you know, I think that happened... Maybe a little before my time, before I got fully immersed in the space okay, industry. because it was
1: a while ago. I remember hearing it on a podcast, probably like a Big Picture Science or a SETI podcast, and they were talking about them. And and, and I feel like Seth Shostak was like, "There's your timeline is like <laughs> like way off. That's, There's no way you're going to be able to do it. And they're like, no, we're going to film a reality show, and that'll fund everything, and that'll accelerate the timeline. <laughs> like, what? Nope. Oh dear. No,
2: that really upset the space industry because, you know, it got a lot of people really excited all around the world. Yeah. And and you know, now thankfully, I think they see that there is this new industry of private space travel is actually here. Um and there there are real opportunities now to go to space that are funded properly. Right. Um and then you know, of course, getting someone to the surface of Mars is—it takes a lot of research, effort, time, training, all the things um, for that to happen. I think it's going to—it's going to take getting Starship, you know, ready to go, obviously, because it's the only vehicle that will have the capability to do that. Um, getting the resources there first, and then the cool thing is. As, as my friend, John Spencer always likes to remind me. And as Elon has already said, we will need people to make that trip to work. Like people will be paid to make that trip. You're not going to pay to make that trip. Right. Probably. Yeah, yeah. You're, Unless you just want to go on a joyride and come back and fund the trip for other people, business or That's pleasure. Cool. Do
1: you have skills? All right, let's go.
2: <laughs> exactly. So I'm I'm all like geared up to be onboard entertainment for Starship for the <laughs> for like the flights around the moon. I was going to ask, are, do you there. have
1: plans to go if if it comes down to that, and to like create more mm-hmm. NFTs from that perspective mm-hmm. of the the pale blue dot.
2: Oh, I mean, that's my dream. That's always been my dream. Um, I do actually have a ticket to space. This is I, I have not released this information yet, so I'm not gonna say with whom or how or whatever. But um, you're going.
1: That's so cool. But
2: yeah, yep. I'm I'm taking a trip, and it will be in a couple of years. Um, it is actually, it's not with SpaceX. So I just, I, I should say that right there, Sure. but I am making an epic journey and I do, I do feel that, yeah, I, I say all the time, I'm going to be paid as onboard entertainment on Starship. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be the woman. I don't know if you've seen the beautiful, um, Starship image of the violinist floating in front of the window and all the crowd is like floating and watching her and the earth is in the background. It's if my favorite um, apparently I found out my friend Hillary also like concepted that piece of art, but I, I envision myself playing my music gloves for the crowd. You know, um, Starship is going to make a lot of flights from when they do their point to point earth travel. I don't know if you know about this, but Mm-mm. they will. They're so cool. The Coolest thing ever. Right. Even if you don't care about going to Mars, Starship is going to be integral to the way that we travel our own planet in the future because with starship the plan is they're going to have um once they get through the test campaign you know they they get orbital working properly they're going to start creating uh floating launch pads so they've already purchased oil rigs right and the oil rigs will be placed out you know further away from the land so that all of the frequent flights don't disturb the local civilization (laughs)
1: nice nice
2: and so so it will launch and land at that same platform and those platforms will be placed all around the world and just like a boeing 747 you know takes off lands an hour later you know fills up with more people refuels and then takes off again that's the plan with starship except because starship goes so quickly through the atmosphere up into space and then Comes back down and lands, it's going to take people from New York City to Tokyo in 30 minutes.
1: Wow. So we don't even need another Concorde or to figure out a way to go hypersonic without making loud yeah. ass sonic booms and shit. We're just going to go into orbit and then come back down and call it a day.
2: Exactly. Epic. And And that's so, I don't know if you know, but Gwen Shotwell, she is such a badass. She is the president of SpaceX. She's the one who takes all of Elon's crazy ideas and crazy (laughs) timelines and puts them into practical terms. The head cat herder. (laughs) Yep. She's the head cat herder. She makes it happen. She gets the budgets for it. She's amazing. Uh, But that's her favorite feature for Starship. So she talks about that a lot in any of her speeches. You can look those up and she loves talking about point-to-point travel on Earth with Starship. Um, that's going to be a huge business case model, you know, for them in the future, um, while fulfilling that that dream of going to Mars. So that will fund that. But it's just so practical. Wow! Uh, yeah, so I yeah. I envision being the. Um, on board entertainment for that until it's my turn to go to Mars. <laughs>
1: That's so cool. And you want, you want to go to Mars round trip, or are you saying I'm going to go there and this is where I'm going to retire and, and live out the rest of my years?
2: Personally, I would love the latter. I really, I am a born explorer. I have it in my bones. I can't help it. I love the unknown. I I love being on the edge of exploration So if I have the chance to do that, you know, I know it's going to take a lot of time. Um, Elon speculates that the city has to have a million people in it in order to be self-sustaining. He wants that to happen by 2050. He does have very optimistic uh, timelines and goals. Um, But yeah, it's, it's hard to say by then. So I don't like to... I like to keep things open ended, but my, my dream is to definitely go and stay and be part of building a beautiful um, human civilization out there
1: that's like what 30 years i'd be 70 i'd go there and then just do podcasts from mars till the end of my days that'd be so Uh, (laughs) dope
2: like they're gonna need a community leader slash uh you know you're gonna um, need someone that knows
1: how to set up discord DAOs. okay i'm i'm your guy let's go go. Um,
2: that's right it's true hey i I don't want to keep
1: you too long i know you're you're super busy i i I'm really curious about these music gloves that you keep referencing. Is it just like like mm. a machine beat pad or what, uh, like a Nintendo power glove is kind of what I'm imagining. Is this something you created yeah. or is it something that you can just buy or what?
2: No. So um, just to tie this into the One Planet collection, um, all of the films. So our NFT collection is a variety of films and photos, right? So video and imagery, And all of the films that have soundtracks, I have composed those with my music gloves. Whoa, Um, nice. Yeah, so they are, they were invented by a friend of mine. They were actually engineered by my friend Kelly Snook at MIT. Uh, She was a NASA aerospace engineer, coincidentally, for 19 years, and then went to MIT Media Lab, started working on these gloves. And then the British pop star, Imogen Heap, came And did a tour of the media lab, saw the gloves, fell in love, and was like, hey, come live with me in London and make these for me. I will fund them and we'll manufacture them for other musicians. And that's exactly what they spent the next decade doing. Wow. And so about nine years ago, I saw Imogen do a presentation at a Wired conference where she presented with the gloves and, and like a 360 connect situation. And I was so enamored. I was like, those are the perfect instrument for space travel. Because, you know, it's not like you have to mess with the physics of microgravity where when you hit, you know, a string or you blow into an instrument or you hit a keyboard key, you fly backwards a little bit, right? These are like, allow you to fly around and create music with movement. And so I became obsessed. I learned the programming language. I was going to like build my own. Um, but I accidentally got a drum kit and I went the whole opposite direction. Ah, those are thinking. so addictive.
1: I love my my little machine beat pad.
2: <laughs> oh, <laughs> I love it. I've noise. got a Roland <laughs> I have a Roland SPDSX nice. uh drum pad and and kick triggers and yeah. Um but these gloves are so powerful. So eight years after she did that presentation, she actually um released them to the public. So I've had my gloves for Almost 2 years now? Is that right? Oh my god. Um and they are basically incredible, the most powerful MIDI controllers you can imagine. So, um they have accelerometers inside of them so they know like when you do drum hits in the air, they feel that. Um they they have um sensors inside of them so that they know Like you basically press buttons to say, I'm facing forward right now, but it knows, you know, um, north, south, east, west, like backwards, forwards, up, down, left, right, all of that. Um, and then they have in the knuckles, every single knuckle can create a different posture because the fingers have bend sensors in them. So, so using the program, the interface that they've created called Glover, you can program, them, you can program the gloves to basically take any posture you like and you teach it to your program. It's really simple. You basically just make the posture, click a button, and call it something. Oh, wow. And then you you attach that to an output, which goes to Ableton Live or right, right. whatever your favorite software is. And suddenly you can trigger any sound, any effect. You can twist any knob, like any, Damn, ma- any, so any cool. mini control. Damn, that is so cool you can control OSC, like it uses MIDI or OSC. So you can control lighting video, which I do all of this with the show. I'm, I'm designing a space show right now. Um, and so it, they're very powerful. You could even use them to like, um, control a robot, you know, or control yeah, like yeah. A, anything, anything you can
1: map to me. That's so cool. Wow. I, yeah. I've never even heard of these before. <laughs> I'm like Googling it now. These things look so cool. <laughs>
2: I'll send you, like you a link. Tech. Is, uh, You're
1: using space aged instruments here to create space music. Like, if it, it doesn't get right. much more meta than that, I love it.
2: Nope. I, yep. I have a whole presentation called music for space travel that I do with my gloves and, um, I teach workshops with the gloves. So yeah, if you, if you ever want to get into it, I know a guy. Oh yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, definitely. I, I want some space beats to wrap over. <laughs> that sounds so great. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Mimu. Mimu gloves. M-I-M-U.
1: Awesome! Awesome. Well, cool. I I feel like we talked more about space and and everything than we did the NFT project. But the NFTs look I super know. cool. I love that the one that I keep like picturing in my mind is when they're assembling that top part of the rocket onto the body, yeah. and it's so big. Like just the scale of that stuff, it's just mind blowing. And I can imagine once the VR stuff kicks into full speed like that's immersive enough to really like put you in that moment you know and and then the brain Mm kind of takes over the rest and and pretty soon you know you don't come out of your room for five days because you're exploring Mars (laughs) and and everything
2: yes but don't don't forget to come back to real life. Take the yes, Starbase. Go outside. Room. Yes. yes, yes. <laughs> Connect with nature. <laughs> Remember what we're all doing here. Definitely. Uh, definitely. Uh, yeah. Make yeah. sure to go
1: vote. Also, uh, oneplanetnft.io uh, is the website. You can go check it out. They have a section on there for all of the finalists. And the Road to Mars Archive is on there congratulations you guys that's awesome there there was a ton thank of projects you. that submitted and like that that you guys won i mean your photography is amazing the art and everything like the videos are it's so cool and your web guy is or girl is really good because that website uh oh, cosmic com, oh, <laughs> super nice i i've been like scrolling through it all day while i was oh, watching that youtube you. video like really cool stuff
2: yeah, it's, it's me and, you know, me, Ryan, we have a photographer in Cape Canaveral, John Pisani, and we just onboarded Andrew Keating in Starbase. Um, he's collecting audio. He's building these amazing ambisonic mic systems for binaural audio. Um, so our future audio experiences, video experiences are going to sound incredible, but yeah, it's a small team and Ryan and I have just been doing this for so long, so I appreciate that. Sometimes I want to redo my website, but <laughs> sometimes I'm glad I, to hear I that want to nice. and
1: and then I look at Terraspaces.org and I say, "You know what? My site's not that bad after all." <laughs>
2: not at all. Not at all. It's great. Yeah. Is uh, are but those I know the feeling.
1: are those binaural things going to be incorporated into like the capsules to kind of put you in a calm mood while you're going I mean that's like a 2 year trip right mm-hmm. or 2 or mm-hmm. 3 year journey like you probably want no, some nice not. sounds it, to <laughs> take you there It's not
2: that bad but yes I think there are a lot of things you know that's something I learned in the habitat like I brought binaural uh rainforest sounds for example that nice, really helped nice. me uh rain sound a lot, a lot of nature sounds uh VR was really helpful um, because we got stuck inside for days on end, there were quote dust storms, right, <laughs> so right. outside, <laughs> which meant that it was raining. Um, but, but yeah, um, I think that will be essential. But the cool thing is that when the, the planets are properly aligned, it's really only a few months of a trip. So it's, not it's not bad. so bad. Yeah. 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 You're just <laughs> slingshotting
1: mm-hmm. around gravity back, back and forth
2: exactly so
1: cool well thank you so much for coming on I hope to definitely keep an eye on your guys's work and and have you guys come back and if you need a podcaster to go to space you definitely let me know <laughs> I'm there thank you oh, Yay, yeah I will very cool and thanks so
2: much this is this is really it's really fun and I love getting connected more to the community and like if you have pointers on that like I'm I'm all about it. I'm here. I'm here to be in it. You know, nice. <laughs> yeah, really, we,
1: we have interns yeah. that will help with any work that needs to be done. And if you have any questions, definitely just reach out. Like if we don't know the answer, we know somebody that does whether that's Kevin or Trevor or any of the team. So definitely tons <laughs> of big brains to reach out to.
2: Beautiful. Well, I I couldn't be more honored. And I'm really, really excited for this launch. Like whether I'm I'm grateful, I hope y'all vote. I hope you vote for me. But to be honest, there's so many great uh, projects. And I just couldn't be more honored to already be launching alongside all of these people. It's a, I think it's a really bright future. And the One Planet team really nailed it with this contest. (laughs) Like, it's guaranteeing uh, starting off on the right foot, you know?
1: Yeah, that's that's awesome, and that's huge for a project that's just getting started in a particular ecosystem. Do you guys have a launch date? I got so caught up in all of the space stuff, I never really asked the important questions, <laughs> like, when launch and, and all of that.
2: When launch, when launch, that's so funny. I hear that all the time in my Discord. Oh, I when bet, launch, right? Hap- it means something a little hap-
1: different there.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So... Yeah, because everybody wants to know when is Starship launching yeah, yeah. again? But we're waiting on the FAA, so we don't know for sure. But um, but yeah, so we're going to launch in early, early January, so not very long. We are just finalizing the collection right now. Um, the One Planet team has been so amazing. And I think, you know, it's just a matter of wrapping up the contest. And then they're going to kind of stagger... Um, out the release of all the finalists you know so we won't all launch on the same day obviously Um, but we're i know we're launching in early january (laughs) so this week we're finishing up all of the assets and throwing them into the you know the proper spreadsheet for the developers and do the test box and all
1: that stuff always fun yep very cool very cool and uh soon Yeah, they've, uh, there's some really cool art on there. And I just, I keep coming back Mm -hmm. just because I'm I'm more in tune with like space stuff. So I I definitely gravitate more towards like the cool space stuff. And you guys are showing stuff like normal people don't really get to see very often. I mean, you can obviously if you Google it and stuff, but I don't think people think to do that stuff that often. And when it's there right in front of Mm -hmm. your your eyes, it's just, yeah, awe-inspiring.
2: Yeah, and and to be honest, I know we're the only, it's like, a handful of people that are documenting this you know it's really just a handful of friends and we've been documenting in 12k cinematic beauty Wow! And i think trying to do proper justice to what is taking place you know and everybody that's documenting has found their niche like our friends at nasa spaceflight they do the 24 7 live streams lab padre you know the live streams um I, and just so you know like since you're in the space stuff the everyday astronaut Starship live streams, I am now the official co-host, so I hope you join us for every Starship launch in the future. Very
1: cool, very cool. I'll put that on the list.
2: Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, millions of people watch, and it's like, (laughs) it's a... Trying to moderate those chats while talking live is a thing. Oh yeah,
1: oh yeah. Um, <laughs> I definitely but, don't miss doing live shows. Ooh, <laughs> it's so it much easier crazy. doing this. I can just go back and edit whatever I need to, and not worry about yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, yes, that's and cool. that's why
2: our niche. Like we let I like to co-host, but like Tim does the <laughs> the live streaming, um, and we we're doing more of the filming, the cinematography, the documentation, the photography. That's you know, um, just more treating it more like an archive.
1: Yeah. That's, it's so much more in depth when you're doing that versus like, I feel like when we do live streams, it's like, just get it to work good enough. But like when you're out there with the expensive cameras, not just like the Logitech (laughs) webcams, it's like, all right, this has to be perfect. You guys, like it can't just be good enough. Like we're using the expensive cameras. Let's, (laughs) let's get it right.
2: Absolutely. Very yep.
1: cool. Well, Mary Liz Bender, thank you so much. Uh, check out their website, CosmicPerspective.com. And of course, they got a Patreon on there, uh, Instagram, Twitter. We'll put links to all that stuff in the show notes over here on org. And I look forward to getting one of these awesome Road to Mars archive NFTs so I can come hang out in your Discord and see what you guys are Yay. up to
2: awesome can't wait to see you there
1: awesome well we will talk to you all soon everyone thanks so much Uh, I know it's the holidays we got some shows scheduled throughout the week check out terraspaces.org I'm your host Finn and we'll talk to you next time have a
0: great week everyone They got a tracker in the phone, tracking everywhere we go, and it's final, if I don't know, I already sold my soul, getting ready, rock and roll, tip the first domino, feeling up, I'm in a bowl, with these avalanche blows. Stop stopping rest on the road, gotta get where I'm going, and the rest of y'all know, that we hit the ground sore, and I'll be coming for the fuckers, that be summoning the trouble, running on the double, while I'm handing out the W's, putting wins on the board, every fucking day, they love me on the team, because I know my fucking place, better get in where you fit in, I'm delivering the meaning, the future states that there is no time other than the collapse of that sensation of the mirror of the memories in which we are living. Common knowledge, but important nonetheless.